It's time for news now. All the news that's fit for now. Here are the headlines. Could the dust of the angels be causing underground self-love epidemic in the Big Apple? British Wonder Kid rescues internet from ransomware with no effort. Man made entirely of grease and pastry tricks hundreds of women in sex industry. Experts baffled. Welcoming our sex bot overlords, a how-to guide. Humanitarian nation, Germany, skips starving kids who aren't the right color. Is it time for another world war already, you kraut-munching bastards? And now we go to those paragons of emotional integrity in a troubled world, house and more. I'm going undercover as a woman to find out what they go through every day. I discovered that women are called faggot a lot. Hello, everybody. We're back for another week. I don't know. That that intro guy, he's starting to push his personal politics a bit more. Yeah, I don't know why we hired him. Yeah. Kraut-eating bastards? What the fuck? It was more but, calling you know, us paragons of virtue. <laughs> well, feedback is good. It's good, though. People like him, so I guess we'll have to keep it. The only thing we're paragon are like cake. <laughs> it was what was our last intro? Just me do finding a quote that somehow fit thematically with the stories we were telling. Yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah, but oddly enough, this is easier. <laughs> Just outsource the whatever works, right? And apparently we're outsourcing to, like, the 40s. Dude, that sounds more like the 30s. Doesn't matter. But, folks, yes, we're back. We're here. We have stories. We weren't here last week because, well, really, you don't need a reason, but I had finals, and they they were fucking busy. And I said, House, I can't do anything this week. I have finals. Could you put something on the SoundCloud? He goes, yeah, sure, buddy. Week later. Crickets. I had too many. I had too many options. It was like I could do this, or I could do that, or I could do this, or I could do that. First world problems. Telling you, man. Hashtag first world problems. I have too many pro. I have too many fucking options for my podcast. No idea what to put up. There's just so many things I can talk about. Although on the bright side, I did get to spend like four hours. Uh, researching stuff that I'd always wanted to know about, so. <laughs> I now have a bunch of useless information bouncing around in my head. Like, I know things about medieval falconry that no man in 2016 need know. Wikipedia so is a horrible thing. Seriously, how is this different from any other day? I mean, we are bastions, if not of in of virtue and integrity, then at least of trivia knowledge. Where we reign supreme as the immortal god kings. Yeah, this is true. I, I can't argue there. I am a beast when it comes to trivial pursuit. I oh am god, very I wreck that. My knowledge is very trivial. Oh, yes. As we were saying, though, we have stories, and they're great stories. They're the best stories. I love these stories. They're the sorts of stories you can only find... In America, because we have the best people doing the best jobs. These stories are huge. When they have jobs, and I'm trying to get them to have more jobs. So do you want to start or should I? It's tradition. It's tradition for me to start? No, it's tradition for you to ask that. Yeah, this makes 76 times. Whiny bitch. Really you know, have to sit before we start, you piece of shit. Yeah, go ahead and start. All right. I've got one here from the uh, New York Daily News. New Jersey man high on PCP busted after he stops car in the middle of the Lincoln Tunnel to masturbate. You know, when you gotta go. Isn't the Lincoln Tunnel like eight fucking lanes across? Yeah, he was trying. He must have been driving one of those Lincoln town cars from the 70s. Also known as a First, land barge. 
The Lincoln Tunnel became the tunnel of self-love when a man high on PCP blocked traffic with his minivan to take time to pleasure himself, authorities said. Port Authority cops busted Ismail Esquilin, 48, of Passaic, New Jersey, about 7.15 p.m. Thursday when his Dodge minivan was found stopped in the middle of the New Jersey-bound side of the Hudson River Tunnel, holding up traffic. When the cops approached the car, they found Esquilin removing his clothes and, quote, performing a lewd act, unquote. Port Authority spokesman Joe Pent Pentaglio said, The idling minivan was running and the keys were in the ignition. Cops also found a glass pipe and small glass bottles containing PCP on the passenger seat floor. After cops covered Esquilin with a blanket, the man admitted that he had smoked PCP, but refused to take a breathalyzer test, authorities said. Police took Esquilin to New Jersey, where he was charged with drug possession, driving under the influence of drugs, reckless driving, and impeding traffic, officials said. Because apparently it's not illegal to masturbate in public in the Lincoln Tunnel. Hey, he wasn't in public. He was in his car underground. It's about as far away from public as you can get. I'm just surprised no New York or New Jersey driver fucking shot him to death. Better say it couldn't have been a New York driver. They don't have guns in New York. They, they don't play around. You know, because guns are evil and bad and wrong, and New York is such a bastion of liberal virtue. So I thought the the guy's mugshot. It looked. I thought it, he was like pulling himself into his shirt. He's not. That's the blanket that's wrapped around him. <laughs> they couldn't get him to take it, put his clothes back on to take the picture. When you gotta go, you gotta go. It is my favorite type of ship, full of blood and semen. Ah, uh, all right, do better than that. Oh, uh, that, that, that's kind of a weird bar to go through. How about how about this one? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it comes from the BBC News. So, you know, it's going to be a lot classier just just because, you know, it's written with a British accent. Uh, comes from the technology section. Global cyber attack. Security blogger halts ransomware attack by accident. What, did he hit the delete key at just the right time? You know, there was a countdown on the screen and he waited until it said one and then he pressed enter and it just stopped. He found out where the attack was coming from, brought them coffee, and just spilled it all over their keyboard. He unplugged the Ethernet wire. He temporarily unplugged the Internet. A UK security researcher told the BBC that how he accidentally halted the spread of a malicious ransomware that affected hundreds of organizations, including... The UK's NHS, that's the uh, National Health Service, basically their socialized health care. A 22-year-old man, known by the pseudonym Malware Tech, has taken a week off, but decided to investigate the ransomware after hearing about the global cyber attack. He managed to bring the spread to a halt when he found what appeared to be a kill switch in the rogue software's code. It was actually partially accidental. He told the BBC after spending the night investigating. I have not slept a wink. That dude, poor man. Dude, you're, you're a computer expert. <laughs> you live on Red Bull and frustration. You live on coffee and screaming at your monitor. Although his discovery did not repair the damage done by the ransomware, it did stop it from spreading to new computers. And he has been hailed as an, quote, accidental hero. Who is hailing him at this? No, he's a legitimate hero. 
I could say that's correct, he told the BBC. Uh, there, there's that British uh, underestimate. Yeah, I, I, could, I could say I'm here. I don't know. Maybe. I didn't rescue any kids or anything. I just stopped the computer virus. Yeah, that's no big deal. Stopped a computer virus that was targeting the National Health Service as well as hundreds of other systems around the globe. The attention has been slightly overwhelming. The boss gave me another week off to make up for this train wreck of a vacation. I was on my vacation when these people released this ransomware which saw tearing apart the internet. I stayed up all goddamn night and I fixed it. That bastard better have given me another week off. What exactly did he discover? The researcher first noticed that the malware was trying to contact a specific web address every time it infected a new computer. But the web address it was trying to contact, along jumbles of letters, had not been registered. The malware tech decided to register it, and he bought it for £10.69. Owning it would let him see where the computer were accessing it from and gave him an idea of how widespread the ransomware was. By it doing was pretty... By doing so, he unexpectedly triggered part of the ransomware's code that told it to stop spreading. How much you want to bet that the person who made the ransomware set that up later so that they could get the website later so they could collect all of their data? More than likely. First. How did he foil our easily foilable plan? This type of code is known as kill switch, which some attackers use to halt the spread of their software if things get out of hand. He tested his my explanation better. He tested his discovery and was delighted when he managed to trigger the ransomware on demand. You now you probably can't picture a grown man jumping around in excitement from just having been ransomware, but that was me, he said in a blog post. Yes, I've been infected, Woot! It works, it works! Malware Tech th now thinks the code was originally designed to thwart researchers trying to investigate the ransomware, but it backfired by remotely letting them disable it. Ah. While the registration of the web address appears to have stopped one strain of the ransomware from spreading from device to device, it does not repair the computers that were already infected. Security experts have also warned that there are new variants of malware that ignore the kill switch that it will appear. This variant shouldn't be spreading any further. However, there will almost certainly be copycats, said security researcher Troy Hunt in a blog post. Malware Tech warned, We have stopped this one, but there will be another one coming, and it will not be stoppable by us. At least not like this. No, no. Won't be stopped by one man. There's a lot of money in this, and there's no reason for them to stop. It's as much an effort for them to change the code and start... It's not much effort for them to change the code and start over. If you want to make a lot of money, kids, get into the cybersecurity field. People will pay you good money to stop shit like this ransomware. You can get hired on by firms, get paid sixty, seventy, hundred thousand dollars a year. What do you do? I make up new ways to stop viruses, or I just make sure people's networks are already secure. And if they aren't, I make them secure. Piles of money. Pi gratuitous amounts of money. Perverse amounts of money are out there waiting for you in this particular field. <laughs> we 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 need our computer fix here. Let us back up this dump truck to your house. Just tell us when to stop. I'm going to steal this joke now from a more from a very popular comedian. You're going to have tell a woman to shut the fuck up kind of money. I don't have that kind of money. If I took out a loan, I would have quiet please money. Oh, I've got one. 
This man is alternatingly my hero and the worst scum fuck I've seen in a while. Wow, he dethroned the dude. Oh no, the dude is still my all-time personal hero. He's worthy of my respect in one regard and in utterly deserving of my loathing on the other. Color me curious. Comes from Fox News Entertainment. Man admits to duping women into sex for porn rehearsals. Oh. A Kansas City area man has pleaded guilty to duping dozens of women into having sex with him on camera by telling them they were rehearsing for roles in pornographic movies. The U.S. Attorney's Office says 34-year-old Mario Antoine of Raymore pled guilty to one wire fraud count and will be sentenced to 10 years in prison under the terms of the deal he agreed to Friday. He will also be required to pay restitution to his victims. Formal sentencing is set for September 13th. Prosecutors say Antoine created online aliases as a talent manager, photographer, and videographer, and claimed to work for fictitious companies in the pornography industry. Investigators say he promised to pay the women thousands of dollars. Prosecutors say when the women complained about not being paid, Antoine forwarded images of the sexual activity to their employers or significant others. That fucker. I mean, we've all had that thought, or um, sexually active heterosexual men have, about, you know, I could just claim I was in the porn business. This guy actually did it. While looking like the Pillsbury Doughboy's sleazy Italian cousin. And what they get him on? They got him on the wire fraud. I was actually thinking he looked a lot like John Tron. I kind of see it. Only, you know, not as nice. John- Sorry. I say we tweet John Tron about this story. Okay. <laughs> hey, fucker. I found you. I thought you were in New York, not Kansas City. John Tron, what did you do? <laughs> why, John, why? Well, you know, this was the first step in becoming a part of the Nazi Brotherhood. Uh, seriously, I hope he gets butt-raped every day. Yeah, that's a really fucked up thing to do. There's a difference between dreaming about doing something like that and actually doing it, and you, sir, are a piece of shit. Suck an entire bucket of dicks, and then immediately take them up your rectum. You may consume a bouquet of dicks of all different sizes and varieties. Apparently, this is just like the weird sex story episode, because I've got a weird one here. Oh, boy. It comes from the Telegraph, specifically the lifestyle slash women's section. Oh, boy. Are you ready for this title? Yes. Why female sex robots are more dangerous than you think. The flamethrower, I would assume. No, they not building doors. No, ma. I'd rather make out with my sex bot. (laughs) Oh my god, I remember that. Hey, you want to go to my house and make out? I don't know, Mavis. Going all the way across the street's a pretty long way to make out. I'd rather make out with my Monroe bot. I was going to start this article about robots with a reference to Fritz Lang's Metropolis. But then I spoke to Blay Whitby, a philosopher concerned with the social impact of emerging technologies and the trivialization of robots and media, and I decided otherwise. That's a thing? Uh, well, he's a philosopher. They can be concerned with anything. 
They're fucking nerds. Because when it comes to robots, like good degrees or shit, they're useless nerds. Because when it comes to robots, it's simply no use discussing them through the lens of our favorite film or scientific science fiction book. Cliched as it may be, the future is here, and we can and should talk about reality. Within a matter of decades, we may become we've become entirely reliant on technology, and robots are increasingly part of our everyday lives. Yeah, but we can still unplug them. We are not in the Matrix yet. The latest chapter comes courtesy of Real Doll. A line that has never been spoken in the history of humanity. Just saying, what did Real Doll do this time? Because these fucks have been after Real Doll for years. Oh, it's it's discriminatory against women. Oh, how can... I have bought this piece of high-grade synth plastic to fuck instead of a woman because I can't handle women or my wife died, or I'm disabled, or I'm socially awkward, and somehow that's a fucking problem. I'm sorry, like, I would never buy a real doll, but I'm not going to hold it against the people who have bought them. The California-based company is about to unveil a $15,000 life-size hyper-realistic silicone sex doll. She can talk, blink, smile regurgitate facts about your life, and, of course, have sex with you. Her name is Harmony. She is fictional. She is a creation. She cannot do any... She has no willpower. She is a thing. She is not even a she. She is a hunk of plastic with a computer inside of her and an articulated metal skeleton. She has no impetus. She has no willpower. She has no flame of creation. And now I have to poop. And if you're listening now, uh, this... House has cut out a perfectly reasonable amount of time for somebody my age to use the bathroom, and we're back on topic. Yes, this, it has no agency. It's not a she. It's a thing. It is an object. It has no more personality than my bookshelf. It is created to be aesthetically pleasing so that its owner will be happy with it to engage in coitus with it. And not even all of them are for that. Her name is Harmony, and she's been hailed as the most significant development thus far in the $30 billion sex tech industry. Yeah, because when I think about the next cutting-edge piece of sexual technology, I think about a $15,000 sex doll. According to... Sex dolls are a niche market. This thing is not going to be in fucking Walmart before you know it. According to... Dr. Trudy Baker, a pioneer in the impact of technology on sexual intercourse. Motherfucker. A pioneer. Our growing immersion in technology means that it is only a matter of time before it takes a mainstream role in sex. Simply put... Uh, why would thousand goddamn dollars it's not? <laughs> Simply put, sex between couples will increasingly be saved for special occasions as robots step in to satisfy our everyday needs. Yeah, uh, when she says matter of time, we're talking decades, may maybe a century. Because guess uh, what? You can't beat the real thing. Oh, dude, check this next part out. Speaking at okay, the International Congress of Love and Sex with Robotics last year. Oh, that sounds like just a wild time. Dr. Barber predicted that the use of artificial intelligence AI devices in the bedroom will be a societal norm within 25 years and that machines would enable people to appreciate the real thing. Um, we haven't yet even come close to inventing anything which could be classified as an AI. I think what will happen is they will make real-time relationships more valuable and exciting, she added. Devices such as Rocky or Roxy True Companions 
can currently be bought for around seven thousand pounds. That's about eleven thousand dollars U.S. for those keeping track. But advances in the field are predicted to make sex robots increasingly lifelike and affordable. Indeed, in April last year, a man figured out a way to make his own robot at home, and it resembled a woman they don't know. That's creepy as fuck. Rick Ma, 42, a Hong Kong-based man with no formal training in robotics, spent 35,000 pounds to create a robot woman who looks exactly like Scarlett Johansson, and there's absolutely nothing she can do about it. One, he's some creepy rich guy in Hong Kong who spent a fucking fortune to do this. Two, it does not look exactly like Scarlett Johansson. I will say that there is a resemblance, but you can clearly look at that and go, that is not a person, that is a thing. Unlike the vivacious, intelligent actress, because there's no bias in this article, his robotic counterpart was res programmed to respond to questions like, you're very beautiful and you are so cute with little more than a coquettish smile and wink. Yes, that's because that is all it can do. Because it's not an AI. Uh, we're not getting fucking Rosie from the goddamn Jetsons and slapping a pussy on it. It's a, a basic machine that has very basic reactions. It's a disappointing reflection of the way women are portrayed in society. Ma's clever 3D, three-dimensional creation is about as one-dimensional as you can get. Oh, yeah. Here's the, pro here's the part where they try to say that sex robots will be the downfall of women. Is all this a cause for concern? Of course. Because right now, more money is being spent on making these things than thinking about the ethical and societal ramifications. We already know that porn is a terrifying reflection on how society views women, which can manifest itself in real life. Yeah, because the, men look nothing. There's no objectification of men in pornography. There's not specific body types that are sought after. There's not genres where they uh, have where people get off on having men go against their sexual preferences for money. It's called gay for pay. But what happens when machines start contributing to the objectification of women too? Machines have no agency. They cannot contribute to this. There's also a real worry that people will abuse robots, assign them human traits, whether it be in a sexual or physical way. Whitby thinks it will be a legitimate concern. Will people mistreat robots? Oh, yes, I'm sure. The it just doesn't matter because they're fucking unintelligent machines. The reason I'm sure is because they already do. The way people first meet an artificial intelligence is a character in a video game, and they're shooting at it. Even that, that is, we call that, oh yeah, the game's AI is really good. That is not AI. That is a scripted set of responses to a very narrow set of stimuli. And it's usually to shoot at you first. Just saying. Yes. So you can't even claim that, oh, they're, they're mistreating the artificial intelligence in this game. It is not an artificial intelligence. It is a simple computer program that says, kill that thing and so in the game world yeah killing it is not mistreating it you dumb fuck as we are yet to truly understand the effect of playing violent video games has on young minds uh be, they've been checking for years it will be years before we even begin to comprehend the knock-on effects of mistreating human-like robots has on our behavior towards each other yeah, it'll be long after House and I are both dead. Dr. Kathleen Richards, a senior research fellow in the Ethics of Robotics at the Center for Computing and Social Responsibility. That just oh, sounds that... like a bunch of really fun people. I know, that sounds like, that doesn't sound like a bunch of people who are just trying to shove their personal politics into everything. Not at all. Has done 
extensive research into this area, especially in regards to women. Of course she has. She says, a machine, like a portrayal of women in pornography, prostitution, and media are entirely objects for male gratification. Yeah, because women don't watch porn. But women aren't like what males see in pornography, prostitution, or popular media. Areas women are coerced or told how to behave or act with the threat of money or violence. In real life, these women have their real own thoughts, feelings, and preferences and desires. Yes, but we don't want that in pornography. The whole point... We are not trying to substitute women in pornography. We are creating a shallow, easily objectified version that we could obtain sexual gratification with. It's the same thing for men. It's the same thing for transgendered people. It's the same thing for the fucking bestiality fetishists. They don't care that there is a real person behind that. They are just there for sexual gratification. It seems logical that if this extreme control can't be experienced by men with real women, the only next step is to create artificial objects. Yeah, that's right. Men can't oppress women anymore, so they're creating robots just to oppress them, you stupid motherfucker. If I can be geeky here, um, Reed Richards couldn't reach that far. She's just pulling nonsense out of her ass. Well, you know, men, the only reason tech... Okay, pornography has existed, and we can conclusively prove this since the dawn of time. One of the oldest artifacts of human existence is a dildo. Which they managed to prove it was a dildo because it still had just just a little bit of human DNA on it. And, And you know what? Even with pornography, even with the objectification of women in the media and prostitution and pornography, women still have the right to vote in the Western world. Women still have equality of opportunity. Women still have the right to not be objectified. And how could we have possibly made that progress if this woman thinks that men are such base animals that we cannot stop oppressing women. And when it is forced out of our hands, we have to create something else to oppress because that is apparently the only way we can get through the fucking day. God damn you, you fucking idiot. The people creating these robots are also partially to blame. The 2014 Nesta study titled Our Work Here Is Done, A Vision of Robot of a Robot Economy, examined how... Gender is assigned to machines in the workplace. Researchers found that male robots are thought to be better at repairing technological devices, while female robots are thought to be more suited for domestic and caring services. Yeah, because I'm sure that had nothing to do with what these robots were, you know, built and programmed to do. Here's, here's Here's the whole foundation of their argument. Let's hear in, it. Other, in other words, people with gendered ideas make robots conform to our gender norms, which perpetuates existing stereotypes. What about all the robots that already exist in heavy industry that are just like big mechanical arms and shit? Well, those are clearly male robots because they're working with technical items. Clearly but male robots. But they don't have names or anything. They're just called like, hey, number 15's acting up. Doesn't matter. Male robot. Oh my god, this... These people. You're putting identity politics in robots. Robots do not have a gender. And I'm sorry, I hate to harp on this again. Actually, no I don't. This needs to be harped on again. They do not have agency. They do not have free will. They do not have intelligence. They are not artificially intelligent. They are not robots. They are machines. As long as these norms go unchallenged and robots are designed to fulfill perceived gender roles, has anybody talked about a male sex robot? This vicious cycle will continue. 
Uh, hey, House. Yeah? New male sex robot with bionic penis may just replace men in the pleasure department. There, somebody's talked about it. You also, uh, That's a headline I just found when Googling male sex robot. Also, I would like to mention that you know what's existed longer than female sex robots? What's that? Vibrators. So, women, I highly suggest you stop forcing your gender norms on these poor robots. But it doesn't have to be this way. What if the people programming and designing these robots didn't have such stereotypical... Oh, my God. They are robots created to fuck. You're Then they're not even robots. The company does not call them robots. They are dolls. What if they use because this even, amazing... Even the company knows. No, no, l- listen, listen, Hawkeye, oh I, I, I gotta get... Don't interrupt, I gotta get through this paragraph. This, this okay, go. It. What if they used this amazing new platform to divide gender stereotypes rather than serving a poor as a poor reflection on society, instead inspired us to look at ourselves in new ways? What the fuck is this person even... T- they are still talking about the $15,000 sex doll, right? Yes, yes they are. What the unholy fuck are they talking about? Sex is stereotypical. Sex has existed in the same way since the beginning of human history because there is a sex binary. There is man and there is woman. And I really hate to be the guy that does this. That's it. It's a nice thought. But as long as manufacturers stand to make a profit... That, um... Real dolls do real. The real doll company does sell dick girl sex dolls. It's a nice thought, but as long as manufacturers stand to make a profit from robotics and see these types of characteristics as a means to creating more humanized, reliable machines that sell better, not much is going to change. It's a company that sells sex dolls. $15,000 sex dolls. Um, it, one, it's not going to sweep the market. And two, people aren't going to buy these going, you know, I need a new mechanic for the shop. Ooh, the one with the vibrating mouth. That's the ticket. At the 2016 AAAS American Association of Advancements of Science, the world's largest scientific society annual meeting, Yale ethicists... Wendell Walsh, who I'm sure is just a bunch of fun to party with, spoke of his concerns about AI. He said, there's a need for more concerted action to keep technology a good servant and not let it become a dangerous monster. Okay, I just realized that this author has been pulling things that have no relation to each other. What the fuck does that have to do with $15,000 sex robots? Sorry, not robots. It's basically a $15,000 iPhone edition that you can plug in and fuck while it tells you how handsome you are. Hey, Hey, Wendell. They've got batteries. I can take the batteries out. Monsters and, and, well, no, he, he's got a point though we we need to keep technology on a certain leash sorta while codes exist to guide the creation of machines the lack of laws in place means that time effort is being plowed through manufacturing and programming and no one is thinking twice about the effects this will have on Living, breathing humans. Well, hopefully it will lower the price for sex dolls. Being very cautious isn't sexy in the business of technology, and it rarely comes with financial rewards. Except in the... Okay, again, this has nothing to do with the sex doll industry. Again, we are not talking about robots. We are not talking about AI. We are talking about a glorified blow-up doll. Would be urged us to act now before it's too late. We need to have these discussions instead of waking up 
one day when our robot companions are normal and question whether it was a good idea or not, he says. And you know what I bet he's not talking about? <laughs> sex dolls? $15,000 sex dolls? Harmony the iSex app! As this kind of technology is rolled out around the world, he has a stark warning. <laughs> I see what you did there, stark warning. About where the democratization of technology is taking us. How would you feel about your ex-boyfriend getting a robot that looked exactly like you just in order to beat it up every night? I would think he was fucking weird, but you know what? If he wants to waste his money on it. It's a shocking idea, isn't it? On one hand, it's a machine. Isn't It isn't you. But then again, it is you because it stands in for you and who you are. Bullshit. If that was the case, then you would have had a bigger fucking deal when people made those games where you got to beat up George W. Bush in the early days of Flash. But I didn't hear any fucking outcry over that. Everybody was fine with that. It wasn't him. But according to this, it is him because it stands for him and who he is. You fucking prevaricating flim-flam artist. Would be added, I mean, it might be all right. It might mean that he can be calmer and more normal with you. Think about Aristotle's theory of catharsis, but we really haven't discussed it as a society. We're drifting towards it, and technology will be very close to being available, and we just aren't talking about it. It's time we started having these conversations before off-quoted science fiction dystopias become a nightmarish reality. That's right, folks. This is an article trying to scare you because some man with more money than sense is going to buy a sex toy that's going to tell him his dick's big. You know what really bugs me about this article? What's that? They, they've got the, uh, the tags on the bottom, you know, to help you find the article faster. Yeah. The first tag is abuse. Oh my god. What? This article is nothing but fear-mongering. Who the fuck is paying for this shit? And this woman just pulled to- who hold on, who wrote this? Let me look this up. Tabby. Tabby Jackson Gee. Well, you know what? Tabby Jackson Gee, your argument is bullshit. You're pulling argument, you're pulling fucking data from things that have nothing to do with Harmony, the $15,000 sex toy. I can't even, every time I've called it a robot, I want to go back and punch myself, because it's not a robot. And you know, at one point, it was kind of funny on the internet to look at the FAQs for the Real Doll website and just laugh hysterically. So I know a couple things about the Real Doll website. And, yeah, it's essentially a life-size Barbie made of, like, high-quality silicone with an articulated steel skeleton. And what did they do? They shoved a small computer inside one so you could plug it in and it could tell you your dick's big. Oh, my God, it's Terminator. Also, uh, going back to the whole, it used to be funny to look at the FAQ. You can't get a sex doll that looks like somebody... Without their written consent. Yeah, Real Doll won't do that. The reason Ricky Ma got away with that is because he's in Hong Kong and he paid for it to be custom made himself. Yeah, it's not like he went to Real Doll and said, Oh, me need Scarlett Johansson doll to fuck. No, no. He's like, mm, Need to find somebody to make me Scarlett Johansson doll to fuck. Sorry about the racist accent. It's going to say your Chinese accent is terrible. Uh, and now that I've got my, my dander good and raised. Okay. What, let's get angrier. I've got something from the American Rev- Revenant News Revived. Now, you know about the Syrian refugee crisis, right? They've only been shoving it down our throats for the past few years, so yes, yes, I am fully aware of the Syrian refugee crisis. And you know about how Europe just flung open their doors because they're for refugees to come and stay safe there, get benefits, you know, be helped, right? Well, 
that in Germany, who is the economic powerhouse of Europe, said, If you don't, we will cut off your money. And, hey, uh, did you know that Germany, going back on their long, long history of civil rights, has been denying refugees based on the color of their skin? Well, you know, they, they've been working with civil rights since the 40s. That's longer than the United States. Oh, no, no, this is great. There are 2.6 million Ukrainian refugees. Humanitarian superpower Germany accepted 150 of them. Why am I not surprised? From the National Economics Editorial's report on the Ukrainian refugee crisis, you may not know this, but the Ukrainian Civil War, which the media either completely ignores or refers to as the Donbass Rebellion, has displaced millions of people and left thousands of dead. In fact, there are up to 2.6 million Ukrainian refugees. Germany accepted 150. And this is in the article. So here's my question. Why did Europe open its doors to Syrian refugees, read economic migrants from indeterminate locations, but not Ukrainian refugees, read Ukrainian refugees? After all, the Ukraine is physically in Europe, and it shares cultural links with places like Germany and Sweden, who seem so eager to help the Syrian people. Kiev itself was founded by the Vikings. Not only that, it can be argued that the European Union is morally culpable for the Civil War, given their support for the coup which ousted the Ukraine's democratically elected and pro-Russian president. It's a good question, and I'm not sure I have an answer. But I'd like to raise a point, because no one else is. I realize this subject may be unfamiliar to you, so I'll just give you some background real quick. The pro-Russian Viktor Yankovic won Ukraine's 2010 presidential election over the pro-EU Yulia Tymoshenko. No one disputes that. However, the country was highly divided. The West heavily favored Tymoshenko and the EU, while the East, where the fighting broke out, heavily favored Yankovic and closer ties with Russia. That's not exactly surprising, given the economic and linguistic links between Russia and eastern Ukraine and Crimea. There is a large Russian minority in the region. Anyway, jump forward to about 2014. After Yankovic refused to sign the negotiated Ukraine-European Union Association Agreement, which realigned Ukraine with the EU as opposed to Russia, the Ukrainian parliament voted to impeach him. They then ratified the agreement. This sparked a constitutional and political crisis. Remember, the Ukraine is a very new country, and this was without precedent. Many in the East felt that Parliament was stuffed with Western puppets bribed by the European Union. To the people in the East, this looked a lot like a coup. Hmm, President refused to do something, so we kicked him out and did it ourselves. That does kind of seem like a coup to me. Yeah, pretty much. House? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Even if they did it legally, you know, you can still have a political coup. That's when war broke out. Violence centered on Donetsk and Luhansk, where support for Yankovic and Russia was strongest. Since then, there have been 11 unsuccessful ceasefire attempts, but the conflict continues. I don't want to go into the details of the conflict, and I really don't want to get into a big debate over who's to blame. What matters for our purposes is that, one, there is a conflict in the Ukraine, and two, this conflict has created millions of refugees. Now, the Syrian refugee crisis. Everybody knows about this one because the media covered it, albeit with a great deal of bias. Long story short, there's a civil war in Syria between the President Bashir al-Assad, who is supported by Russia, and various rebel groups, including ISIS, some of whom are supported by the USA. Though the conflict's been endemic since 2011, it wasn't really until 2015 that hundreds of thousands of refugees left their safe havens in Turkey and migrated to Europe along with millions of other economic migrants from as far afield as Somalia and Afghanistan, which, as you'll see if you consult a map, are not in Syria. They did this at German Chancellor Angela Merkel's behest, who basically said that if you could reach Germany, you'd be given asylum and a plethora of welfare benefits, which she's now regretting. Of course, they're no longer technically refugees after they reach a safe harbor, Turkey and Jordan, 
since they're not in immediate danger. They're migrants or illegal immigrants. Regardless, there are many actual Syrian refugees. According to the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, 4.8 million Syrians fled to Turkey, Lebanon, Jordan, Egypt, and Iraq. And 6.6 million Syrians are internally displaced within Syria. That's a lot of people. It's like a, over 11 million. Why Germany and Sweden accepted so many refugees is beyond me. It makes no rational sense from an economic, cultural, or political perspective. Just look at the damage that's been done in Sweden, for example. You could see it coming a mile away. And don't tell me that Europe has also been helping Ukrainians. That's just not true. Germany specifically invited Syrians, not Ukrainians. Furthermore, of the 2,705 Ukrainians who sought asylum in Germany, only 150 were accepted. Compare that to Germany's policy with Syrians and their friends, which is first come, first serve. The message was clear. Ukrainians need not apply. Moving on. Assuming they thought it was Germany's moral duty to help refugees, the question becomes why did they invite refugees and migrants from the Middle East and beyond rather than from Ukraine? I'm going to guess it has something to do with they think the Ukrainians are white people and they hate white people. It's kind of like how that. Germany, like how Angela Merkel hates the concept of Germany as a country. And, she and she's about to win her election for prime minister again. Which doesn't make any sense because 90% of the people, well, it's illegal to talk about the government. That's why. After all, Ukraine is right next door, and the conflict was, in part, caused by Germany and the EU's machinations to steer Ukraine away from Russia. If it's a question of moral duty, Germany owed that duty to Ukraine, not Syria. Beyond that, Ukraine is actually in Europe, the logistics would have been easier, and Ukrainians have soft skills that Syrians lack, ranging from better facility with the language, culture, religion, work expectations, etc., and everything else aside, it would have made more political sense. If the EU wants to strengthen ties with the Ukraine, then it would make sense to help the Ukrainian refugees. It's not like Syria is going to join the EU. We may never really know the answer, but I think Bogdan Bezpalko, the deputy director of the Center for Ukrainian and Belarusian Studies at Moscow State University, makes some good points. He said, Europe needs Ukraine only for its resources and as a market. It needs a semi-colonial state and doesn't care about the people who live there. It becomes clear when you see how Germans treat the refugees from Africa and the Middle East, even though there's no civil war in some of these countries, unlike the Ukraine. This is a fine example of how U Europeans really feel about Ukrainians. It shatters all illusions about Europeans treating Ukrainians as equals. Basically, he argues that it's to Europe's advantage to keep Ukraine weak and in turmoil, both economically, so that it can get cheap resources, and presumably politically, to keep Russia busy. So much for morality. I could have told you that. Fucking the EU is staffed with snakes and weasels. Yeah, aren't they actively trying to set up a uh, independent army? Yeah, they want a, a fucking... Um, what is it? They want a European super state. Yeah, they want an army that is not dependent on any one country. They they want a EU-based army. They want an army that answers to the uh, the EU Congress, basically. I think there may be something to that, but I also think it has to do with political correctness and virtue signaling. It's not a strictly economic issue. Frankly, it's just not sexy to help white refugees... Since, according to leftist political theory, white people are privileged, even if Russians are shelling their homes with artillery. Social justice warriors, be they in Germany or Sweden, just wouldn't get any brownie points for helping Ukrainian refugees. In fact, they'd look racist for helping white people when there are brown people in need. I know this sounds callous and stupid. It is. But it's also true. It's how these people think. And until the culture shifts, I think it will only get worse. I think you're right. He was talking about in Sweden. Sweden, uh, migrants are responsible for something like 95% of Sweden's crime increase. 
the costs of the Justice Department in Sweden have surged by $8.7 billion. Heck, the migrants in Germany are, are so out of control that they have made new classification for crimes. There are literally crimes on the books in Germany now that did not happen before the uh, the, the migrant crisis. Yeah. Like sexual assaults in bathrooms. I'm just sick of it all. I mean, for God's sakes, hipster band Mumford & Sons refused to play any more gigs in Sweden because of the way that Sweden treats uh, the, the, the migrants in Sweden treat women there. And they are hipster band Mumford & Sons. Yeah, they need the money. You, you, you don't get it real high up on the charts anymore with a mandolin player. I don't know. I'm just, I'm done. I'm done talking about this. The Ukraine, those people need help. Some of them, are only about 2,500 applied for German citizenship, mainly because most of them knew they weren't going to get it. These people know that the European Union has it out for them, that the European Union just wants to reign supreme over Europe. And oddly enough, the wealthy parliamentarians decided they wanted to join Europe and get a get a piece of that welfare pie. And it, st- it dicked over the working man. And so Russia came in. And so the forces that are being surreptitiously funded by the EU and the forces that are being surreptitiously funded by Russia are fighting yet another goddamn proxy war because rich people are won't fucking dirty their goddamn hands with a little conflict. And people wonder why Britain voted to leave the EU. I wish them the best of luck with Brexit. Although, the EU keeps telling them, look, look, you, you don't have to do this. If you have another referendum and you vote to stay, you know, we will welcome you back with open arms. No, yeah, but what was no it? The, um, the latest survey has shown that there are even fewer remainers than there were before. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like Hillary Clinton voters. <laughs> I don't know. They may have the last laugh. I don't know either. <sighs> no, they the won't. The person because... who I vote for never wins. No, no, because Hillary they... still is not president. <laughs> At the uh, end of the day, no matter how bad Trump is, and let's let's face it, he's been kind of bad lately. He did um, get us out of the TPP and put a stop to some lobbying. I'm I'm not arguing that, but you know he's he's coming out against the uh, because hey, he's also fucking clown shoes. He's coming out against net neutrality. He's doing a lot of stuff that I don't agree with. Um, this the seeming rule by executive order. I I don't I don't agree with that. But, you know, he's, at least he's not Hillary. At the end of the day, at least he's not Hillary. Oh, Benghazi, 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 Anyway, why don't we go ahead and give him the contact information and get out of here. If you have any comments or anything you'd like to tell us, make sure to like this podcast on whatever platform you're using to view it. Or listen to it, I should say. If you'd like to talk to us directly, we're on Facebook and Twitter, and you can email us at douchecanoestudio at gmail.com. If you want to find us on Facebook and Twitter, just search Studio. If you'd like to listen to the podcast, we have over 100 episodes of free content available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, the Podmosphere app, Google Play Music, and the Podcast app. Just search for us 100% for free, and we're going to keep it that way. And make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which, oddly enough, is also named Douche Canoe Studio, for our weekly live streams in which we interact with our audience and cover some things like videos, which we can't cover on our weekly podcast. Yeah, it's really hard to cover a video in an audio-only format. It is. Trust us, we thought about, (laughs) we tried to figure out how to do it. It can't be done. Not with the current technology, but don't worry. Sex bots are advancing. 
Soon, your sex bot will be able to beam our podcast into your cerebral cortex. Hey, just so long as my sex bot gets Bluetooth. Because men love Bluetooth. But for another week, I'm House. I'm Mo. Paddle on. Who knew the guy high on PCP would be the sanest fuck we'd be talking about today? <laughs>